Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hey, Trojan fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast, very special edition of the Peristyle Podcast. Today, we are going to talk with Daniel Jeremiah. You can follow him on Twitter, at MoveTheSticks. That's at MoveTheSticks, one of the coolest Twitter handles out there. He's an NFL Network analyst, former scout for the Ravens, Browns, Eagles. Uh, he knows all about the NFL, NFL players, guys going from the college level to the NFL level. We wanted to get him on the show again. And he also has his own podcast, Move the Stick. So I like getting podcast people on. We try to keep together a little fraternity we got going on. What's up, Daniel? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm uh, still trying to recover from uh, Christian Kirk canceling his visit. But you know what? With Tilly Ross and Marvell Pell and some other guys, um, you know, it's, it's okay. Everybody in the Paris style, it's going to be all right. <laughs> and, uh, and, and we'll just get to signing day and everybody will be fine. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> very, very cool. I, when you said you're recovering, I thought you were talking about your recent injury, I don't think we want to address that first, but we could, before we jump into things. Yeah, no, yeah. So I, I uh, shoot, it's been two and a half weeks. Uh, I was playing, playing some hoops and uh, three games in, doing great, feel fine. And uh, fourth game, I go to make a back cut and I thought somebody jumped on the back of my leg. In uh, everybody's uh, worst nightmare, I was uh, 36 years old and that's about the time where that happens. Uh, tore my Achilles. Um, so I had surgery a couple days after that. And so I'm, uh, uh, going into work at NFL Network on Sundays and Mondays, but the rest of the week I am uh, I'm pretty much posted up in a chair uh, with my leg up and uh, icing and doing all that kind of stuff, which gives, does give me a lot of time to watch tape and uh, and to check in on what's going on on uscfootball.com. Nice. Well, we, we appreciate you doing that, and we always love following you on Twitter. Definitely, if you haven't, if you want to follow someone on Twitter, you like the NFL at Move the Sticks. Uh, he's one of the best followers out there. All those top follow lists, he always makes those. So um, great stuff. He does a great job on NFL Network. And knows a lot about the college game, and specifically USC. The fact that he even knows what the peristyle is, I think the fans out there will like that. Um, but we wanted to talk about today some of the the draft eligible juniors and maybe some seniors, and we asked some questions on the the, the peristyle as well, kind of asking about these guys. But I mean, the, the big three names that everyone knows about are Leonard Williams and Buck Allen and and Nelson Aguilar. So maybe we can kind of start in with those guys. What your, what your thoughts are? Should they leave? Should they go? And and all of that. Yeah, I mean, look, you, you look at Leonard Williams. Um, he's he's just such a he's such a rare talent. Uh, I mean, when you just talk about just the way he's built, he's you know he's 300 pounds, but he doesn't show it. I mean, he, it, the weird thing is like he's got all of his weight in his lower half. He's got kind of like thin arms when, when you when you're next to him. You've obviously been around him a bunch, um, but it's kind of unique in that I think he could carry 325 pounds easily. Wow. Um, on his frame, I, I think he could play in any defense. Um, to me, the, the comp I've used is Richard Seymour. Is who he reminds me of. He's kind of a smooth athlete and just got really, really, really good foot quickness. Um, he can win early. He's pretty good with his hands. He's been coached well. Um, you can tell that when you study him. The only thing, the only negative I have on him is there are there's a game or two where you just watch him and he can kind of blend into the scenery a little bit. But with the way offenses are run in college, especially in the Pac-12. Uh, you have some of those games where the ball is out so quick. Uh, it's tough to really have an impact on a game uh, when you're playing that position. I remember the UCLA game when I watched him over the summer from last year. 
it was a dominant. He had a dominating game, I and mean, they could not block him. He was throwing people all over the place. He got a lot of penetration, but you know, it's just one you know bubble screen, quick screen after another. So it, you know, statistically, it didn't show a complete dominant performance. But uh, um, he's a special guy. I, I would imagine he will probably end up uh, coming out. I'd be surprised if he stayed. Yeah, and then uh, Running Fig had the question of strengths and weaknesses. You kind of talked about those. Was, was that the biggest kind of weakness you would think? Is just basically sometimes he'll take some plays off. Yeah, and I look. I, I was in Baltimore when we drafted Haloti Nada, and um, and and people were in, in our draft room even were were, the, were trying to question a little bit of his motor, and he takes plays off. And I'm like, guys, he's 350 pounds. <laughs> they play in the Pac-12. He's playing 85, 90 snaps a game. And Haloti was playing special teams. He blocked a punt uh, against Arizona. I remember watching that. I'm like, this, this guys that big are not meant to play that many snaps. And so I, I don't get too carried away with taking a playoff here or there. Um, I didn't think it was a, you know, a major issue at all with Leonard. Just uh, there's some games when you play against those offenses where it's, it's tough to have an impact on the game. And then uh, I guess we can go to, to Buck Allen, what you think about him. He's, a, he's 23 years old, so that's why a lot of people kind of think he'll come out. You think he should? Mm-hmm. You think he'd get one of those first or second round uh, evaluations? Because I guess that's all they do now, right? They only give yeah. you first or second round. I think they just recently changed it. I don't, don't quote me. I don't know that for sure. It's a little yeah. bit different than it used to be. Um, but I, I, don't, I, I don't think that, uh, that he'll end up going in the, in the top couple rounds. Um, I think he's, the one thing I, I love about him, he's huge. He's got a lot of size. He's got power. Um, you know, when I watch him on tape, I have not studied him this year. I've watched him a lot over last year, even when he was rolling last year. Um, I, I love how aggressive he is. I love he's a downhill runner. He can break tackles. He is not real elusive at making the free man miss at the second level. That's a little bit of the concern there. I do like the fact he can catch the ball. Um, he's a work in progress as a blocker. Um, but to me, you know, he'll, he's probably, I know they, they said the, from the strength coaches there, from people I've talked to that have gone through there, said he's going to run really fast. I didn't necessarily see that translate to the field quite as much. Um, I, I thought he kind of looked like a, a middle-round guy when I watched him on tape last year. And when I've seen, I've seen all their games on TV this year, but I have not got the tape uh, yet for USC, so I haven't studied that yet. For, for a running back, and, you know, we mentioned, you know, he's a little bit older than, than some of the other guys in his class. I mean, people – just guys, when you talk about the NFL, they talk about they, they have this limited shelf life. And is it sometimes better, even if you're going to be a middle round guy, to come out because you only have so many years of on that body, how much abuse you can take as a running back? Yeah, they say you know you only have so many carries in you, and you don't want to give them away for free, um, <laughs> which is what you do in college. Look, I don't know where he is academically, but you know, so many of these guys now with all the summer sessions, they can get done early academically. So I mean, if that was a situation where he could actually have degree in hand or be very close to having his degree. I, I, you know, you never want to, you never want to tell a guy, you know, to, to leave the college experience. It's a great place to be. But at that position at a little bit older age, um, you only have so many carries in you. I get that uh, that'll probably be the pull that lures him out. Gotcha. Okay. And then the other big name junior is uh, wide receiver, Nelson Aguilar, another uh, Florida product. All those guys mm-hmm. from Florida. <laughs> uh, but maybe got to kind of get your thoughts on him. What If he left, what round do you think he'd go? Should he go all of that? Well, Nelson, I actually think, you know, look, he's had a, he's had a monster statistical year. Um, he's, he's got good speed. He's, he's got kind of a unique body. He's kind of, he's got a little real thin, narrow body. Um, so to me, I think he's going to have to play outside 
you know, a lot of times people think, well, you're undersized, that's a slot receiver. Well, no, you've got to be really, really strong. And some of those, you know, most of the best slot receivers, they might be a little bit short, uh, but they're really, really compact and they're powerful and they're strong and they can take some punishment. And you think about guys like Wes Welker. Think about a guy, uh, you know, like Golden Tate who could play inside and outside. Those, those guys have some, some strength to them. Um, I think he's going to have to play outside, and he doesn't. He's not six foot three. Um, you know, I, I compare him a little bit to Emmanuel Sanders uh, as, as his play style. I think he's a really, really good route runner. Um, he's got good, I would say good, not great hands, but good hands. Um, he's. I, I just when I watch him, I didn't look at him and say, okay, this is going to be a top, you know, fifty, four, top forty, top fifty pick. Uh, you know, when you start stacking up all these wide receivers that we have every year, um, I think he probably falls outside of that, which, you know, talking about a round, I mean, right now from what I've seen, I would probably put him in that third round area. And it's really interesting, too. And, and like I said, don't quote me either, but the way I understand it now is it's a first or second round evaluation. Um, and that's really just the way it's it's going to be now. So, I, I'm, I mean, Leonard Williams will, but I'm not sure Buck Allen or, or Nelson Aguilar would, would get that unless they're – they're giving out, you know, a hundred people can make the second round or something. I just don't think they're going to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's a little bit of the hard thing, and and that's what's funny. Um, you know, when you talk about putting round grades on people, the different places that I've worked in. When I was in Baltimore with the Ravens, and when I went to Cleveland, because we had the same uh, same philosophy, the same group of guys had come from Baltimore to Cleveland. We didn't grade in rounds at all because we always said, look, you don't know what else is around the country. So it's easy to just cover the West Coast or just cover the Southeast, and you can throw out all these, you know, 20, 20 second round grades. Well, you know what? You got to realize there's other regions and other players around the country. So you're better off just saying what kind of player he's going to be at the next level, and that's how we did our reports. Uh, but when they do this, you know, for the advisory committee, obviously to, to help the, the kid out, um, they they throw around on him, and sometimes it's it's tough to be accurate with those. The uh, one of the questions came from Benny's girl, and I'm not sure. I don't really know this one either, but I've heard this too. Um, apparently, schools can only take the the first uh, can only give five NFL evaluations now. Yeah, uh, that's new. Yeah, is that new? Is that the school say? Do you know if it, if the school has a final say, or how is that chosen? I would assume it's I would assume it's from the school. Okay, you know, in terms of like, okay, we because they're going to submit the names to the advisory committee, um, and then they would you know the advisory committee is not going to give feedback unless they're, it's requested. So I would imagine that's uh, coming from the school, and they have to, to, to come up with that, which I, I feel bad for LSU because every year they have like 10 guys come out. So <laughs> you got to figure out a way to, to sort through that. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I would assume that comes from the school. The way it used to work, we, you, know, you have a lot of members, uh, advisory uh, board members, so I don't know how many there were, maybe a dozen or so, uh, spread out around the league. So when I was in Baltimore, uh, Phil Savage, who was our director of player personnel, was on the advisory board. So he would get a list, you know, that he was responsible for of, you know, 20 guys. And then each of those other guys, each of those other members would get 20 names they were responsible for. Well, then Phil would then have two or three of us on the Baltimore staff um, evaluate. We get two or three reports on each of those 20 guys. So then Phil would have three, three grades from us and then he would kind of you know take the take the uh, the average of those and then that would be the grade he would submit uh to, to the eventually get back to the kid okay that'd be interesting i mean for for usc i think last year between you know ed orgeron leaving there was a lot of emotional decisions kind of made uh they yeah. saw nickel roby you know be able to make it and start in buffalo without being drafted 
And it, it seemed like it pushed a lot of those juniors to kind of leave early. I, I'll be curious to see what happens this year. Steve, Steve Sarkeesian said he wants to make sure these guys don't make emotional decisions. He also has a lot more time with them. So they, I don't know if we'll see some of these guys go. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, last year, like Beyond Bailey and, and George Yuko and, and all those guys coming out, um, man, I wonder if they had to do it all over again. Knowing <laughs> what they know, it's not bad to have another year of experience. At USC, you know, no matter what happens with you at the next level, they they passed that up, and that was unfortunate. And I don't know what the you know situation there was with the changeover in staff, and maybe some some feelings hurt or what have you. But I know there have been some whispers about other players at SC. I know um, you know you talk to people around the league and and uh, that go through there, and um, and I've heard that you know that, that that Woods could be considering it, which I don't think he should. I think he should stay in school for another year. Um, even the uh, even Simmons, right? He's a transfer from Texas Tech. Yeah, Delvon Simmons. Yeah. Yeah, that he was uh, at least at least uh, putting feelers out, or that uh, there was some thought that he might consider that. So I, I hope not. I think both those guys definitely need to return to school. And I, I quite honestly, I think it'd be a good thing if if Nelson Aguilar returned for another year. Um, one of the other big names, and it was interesting because. Originally, Cody Kessler started talking about how he was going to recruit juniors, and, and I think he was trying to get, you know, the Buck Allens of the world and Nelson Aguilar's of the world to stick around. Maybe even the Letter Williams, but that's not going to happen, obviously. Um, but you know, now there's been some talk about about him uh, going early. Rick Raff wrote in and wanted to or posted it. You know, he thinks that Cody Kessler is critical to USC's success in 2015s. What do you think his draft projections are if he wanted to come out this year? Well, it's not. I mean, it's not a great quarterback year. Um, there's flaws in, in all these potential guys. Um, so from that standpoint, you know, look, it's you know, if you look at it from that standpoint, it's okay. Well, maybe I should consider it. But when you evaluate Cody individually, he doesn't have an elite trait. So to me, when you're evaluating players at that position, you want to have at least you know one elite trait. Now he's got he's got above average accuracy. Um, but I wouldn't put it at an elite level. He doesn't have elite size. He does not have elite arm strength. He doesn't have elite mobility. Um, he's adequate in a lot of those areas, and he's he's torched a lot of uh, you know the teams that they were supposed to beat and some of the uh, uh, poor secondaries. He's torched them, and he's made some nice throws. But I don't see him you know with that the kind of the the big time ability, any kind of wow factor in anything that he does. Um, you know, I, I just I would be very very surprised if he if he uh, if he were to, to elect to leave early. I think it would definitely be in his best interest to return. The uh, his center Max Turek, like people kind of talked about him. Um, he said he's coming back, so there wouldn't be uh, a need to you know to evaluate him. But what mm-hmm. any thoughts on on him, Max Turek? Yeah, I like Max a lot. Actually, I think he's going to be a he. I think he is a really good player. He's played since he first got there. Um, he's got some versatility to play different positions. I don't. I actually think he's probably going to be a guard at the next level whenever that time comes. And again, I think he should he should definitely come back to school. But I think he's somebody with another year under his belt, especially if he could kick out maybe to right tackle or maybe play guard. Um, that that'll be his his best spot. Look as a center, um, you know I think he's got great quickness. He's got some strength to him. He's got good feet. It's just, I mean, the snapping has been a major, major issue. That is the most unorthodox uh, snapping uh, technique that I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, there's some games that works better than others, but there's been some games where it is all over the place, and that'll, that, that'll spook a, a scouting staff just with that alone. But I think, yeah, he's got a chance to, 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 to be a nice guard or in potentially a right tackle. But if I was going to guess, I'd say his future is probably a guard. I uh, talked to Tim Drevno, the offensive line coach, maybe a month or so ago, and he said he's actually a big sweater. 
and uh, as far as sweating a lot, and like so his mm-hmm. hands would get wet. And he's got really long arms, so it's kind of a weird. Yeah, it, it seemed like he's out of position at center, but that's where I guess the staff needed him the most. But he started wearing gloves, and it seemed to kind of fix some of the snapping issues. His hands were drier, but I don't, I don't know if that's <laughs> I, if I, maybe that's that. uh, maybe that'll help Cody Kessler out too. The guy's having to throw a wet ball and it's not raining outside. <laughs> very. <laughs> Very true. I didn't even think about that. So I guess they played better towards the end of the year. Uh, they, I guess he wants the glove. It yeah. was like you know, it's like Teddy Bridgewater. He's got to have the glove on. Yeah, but it was pretty. You know, Drebdo's an NFL guy. He said he actually got that with the 49ers. Like someone, one of the coaches there, kind of showed him that or something. That you know, they, they found out guys that were sweating a lot. They put gloves on them. It seemed to work pretty well. Now he's a good football coach, and I, I give him credit just for. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure. Obviously, you know, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of the Trojan fans out there know, but. I don't know that the national media grasped just how difficult it is to throw out three true freshmen on your offensive line. I mean, you, you do not see that. And I'll be honest with you, after the Boston College game where there were so much miscommunication, so much confusion, um, could not run the ball, their pass protection was terrible, I thought, man, this, is, this, this, could really, this season could really spiral out of control for USC. They just, they're playing too many young guys. And then you just saw them kind of just get better each and every week. And uh, uh, really, I was shocked at how well they were able to play with that much youth up there and, and all the first-year starters to go along with just those three freshmen. Um, great points there. Thank you for that. Uh, let's go. Seraph had a question. He wanted to know, uh, ask you about the effect of the CBA since 2012. What's that had? Uh, what effect that has had on pushing juniors and underclassmen out earlier than ever before? As that in turn sets some guys up for failure, that they're making premature and ill-advised decisions, declaring early for the draft. Well, what it did is it gave agents a, a selling pitch, and so what what happened? I think the you know the league there's some them, some thought there. Okay, okay, the rookie salaries have been kind of put under control. Um, and, you know, the first round, like the Matthew Stafford bonuses and those numbers were so outrageous. And then this new CBA and kind of put these rookie numbers in check. Uh, there was thought, okay, well, if there's not that humongous financial incentive, maybe that will encourage some of these kids to, to stay in school. Well, what happened is the agents changed their pitch and just said, look, you're not going to make any big-time money until you get to your second contract. So you need to go ahead and come out now. Uh, <laughs> maybe your third or fourth-round pick. Maybe you come back to school, you're a second-round pick. But that money's the difference there is minuscule. You need to get to your second contract and start the clock. Um, and so that's the sales pitch that they've used. And then just look at the numbers of underclassmen we've had come out. You can tell it's been successful. Oh, that makes sense. Agents always figuring ways out around those uh, things. There's always a sales pitch. <laughs> um, Seattle Troy wants to know, uh, where do you see the Oost crew? It's the USC yeah. it's, um, offensive lineman, Toa Lobendon, Damian Mama, Vianney Talameavo, going in the draft, and who has the most potential out of those three? So you mentioned those guys already, but what do you yeah, think? Yeah, look, I mean, they're all freshmen. I haven't dug in and completely studied them. I mean, Mama is ginormous. Um, he needs to lose a little bit of weight. Um, he, I mean, he's got, it's pretty amazing how he moves for a guy 370 or 380 pounds, whatever he is. Um, but I think he'll definitely benefit from dropping another 20, 25 pounds, um, at least, but he's somebody that in the run game, you can really see him create some movement. Um, 60 is what Talamavu, is that how you pronounce his name? Is that right? Talamavu. Uh, yeah. There's a whole bunch Vianney? of Vianney. Is that how you pronounce it? Vianney is the first name. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he's interesting to me. I mean, because he's, he's somebody that's got a nice base in pass protection. He's got quick feet. Um, 
I've been impressed with, with what I've seen from him. And like I said, I haven't dug in and completely studied him. Lobodon needs to get stronger. Um, I don't know if his long-term future is outside. I don't know if he's an elite athlete enough to be able to be playing tackle long-term. Um, he might be somebody you can slide inside, um, just get a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. But, I mean, he's, you could tell he's very football aware, good FBI, football intelligence. And, uh, I mean, like I said, all three of those guys we playing as freshmen is pretty nuts. Yeah, it is. Pretty, I mean, you don't see that a lot, uh, and uh, it's, it's interesting for USC. What, well, one of the seniors there that I thought would be making more of a contribution is Andre Walker on the offensive line. And, I, yeah. and when he came in for the Utah game when Chad Wheeler went down, I thought he played really well. But they moved Loban Don outside where you feel he's not like the best fit. Um, was that, I thought that was an interesting decision by the coaches. But what have you seen from Walker? Is he any chance at the NFL? No. You know what? I think he's got some health issues you worry about. Um, he's not very physical. Um, he's, he's a pretty good athlete. Obviously, he's a unique one. I remember coming in there. I was scouting and went in there when he showed up as a freshman. And uh, I remember talking to the strength coach and just being like, what in the world? This is one of the biggest dudes I've ever seen. He's like, oh, this is a freshman. I don't know, what did he lose, like 50 pounds or something like that? Yeah, completely. I mean, he lost a ton of weight. But I just never thought he was a very, you know, for as big as he was, I never thought he was a very physical player. He doesn't play with great balance. Um, and, you know, for whatever reason, it was pretty apparent that he was uh, he was definitely in the, in the doghouse there uh, with the new coaching staff. So, I don't know. I think he's somebody that if he's going to have a chance at the next level, it'll probably come as an undrafted player. Gotcha. All right. Oh, Dan, uh, for, and Gerard Martinez wanted to give you a happy belated birthday. Happy belated birthday from all of us. Oh, nice. Yeah. Gerard had time to uh, send in that note. Are you surprised he wasn't at uh, <laughs> wasn't at some high school game, like some <laughs> some uh, Wednesday night special or something somewhere? Yeah, I, I've been going to a bunch of them too. I don't know. He's been like, oh, I'm going to stay at home. He's doing his little thing, uh, texting people and stuff, and he sends well, me here, out here, filming. I know. I know. We're talking about these guys going to the NFL, but I got to tell you, I watched. Um, uh, I got home the other night and just was flipping through the channels. Like I guess I, don't know, I guess it was Friday night, uh, whatever night it was. I found uh, uh, the quarterback commit that's coming to SC. Sam Darnold. Uh, Sam Darnold. Yeah, yeah. not the uh, not Ricky Town, but the other guy. Sam yeah, Darnold. from San Clemente. I actually put up highlights of him, and I didn't that really. That was uh, yeah. that was impressive, man. I, mean, I was. I mean, just just TV scouting one game of a high school kid. A he he looks like a really big kid. I didn't. I mean, he can run. He, he was running the ball like crazy. Um, he's got a nice, smooth stroke. Um, he had one kind of a bonehead pitch on a on an option that ended up at the end of the game. They ended up taking it back for a touchdown. Right. But, uh, yeah. I mean, he kind of looked. I mean, I was sitting there watching him going, "Okay, USC hasn't had a guy that can kind of move around like this, and that would add a uh, definitely add a dimension to their to their offense." I was a high school kid, but that was pretty impressive what I saw from him. It, it's really interesting, the whole quarterback recruiting stuff, Daniel, right now. I mean, you have Max Brown there, who was a five-star dude. Uh, you know, they, uh, you know, Jalen Green, who came in from Sarah last year as an early enrollee, is more of an athletic guy. But he throws, mm-hmm. a, he throws a nice deep ball. I think he's kind of inconsistent when he throws the football. But, the, you know, coming in this year, you got Ricky Town, more of a dropback guy, and Sam Darnold, who's more of a, you know, spread guy, but both can throw the football. It's interesting to see which direction Steve Sarkeesian goes because a lot of the criticism is his offense is – really should be run by more of a mobile quarterback. And, and so you got a couple in the roster now. They could go a couple different directions. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of where it's headed. I mean, if you can get the elite, elite guy that's a pocket player, um, but even that, I mean, even you, you look at the NFL, what we've seen, I mean, Andrew Luck's obviously kind of the gold standard for the recent 
recent group of draft guys, and we all know what kind of athlete he is and can move around. I mean, I think that if you're USC, you, you got to try and find that guy. I just think if you have a quarterback that can't at least threaten you with his legs or can't pick up a first down on third and five if they're going to give it to him, um, man, I just think you're at such a disadvantage when so many of these teams have quarterbacks that can move around. doesn't mean he's not a passer first, um, but, man, you think if you're USC, you, you should have the pick of the litter. You ought to be able to go find somebody that can do both. Yeah, and look, Darnold looks like the guy. I mean, he threw a couple deep balls in that game. They're all completed. I mean, just looked good throwing the football. He started off with a lot of, like, bubble screen stuff, but then he started mm-hmm. spreading it out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't catch the beginning of the game, but when I saw he was pushing the ball down the field, the one down the left sideline was a beauty. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, I mean, he was, he was impressive. I just, you know, you're watching high school kids, and my nephew uh, is a junior in high school down in San Diego, and they're still playing. And, and so I went down there and watched him, and that's a lower, a little bit lower level. But, you know, you watch high school kids and there's when you watch them you i always say when i'm when i'm evaluating like division two players or division three players i don't i don't even i don't even look up to see what number the guy is i'm going to flip on the tape and if i can't figure out who the nfl prospect is on the division two field within you know five minutes and he's not an nfl prospect (laughs) and it's it's probably not that you do the same thing with recruiting i mean if you tell me that you flip on that game and tell me that one of those kids is committed to usc who is it you know, I, I would think most people would be able to tell you it was the quarterback from the from the black team within the first five or seven minutes of watching. Oh, really cool! And the the receiver for the uh, um, they play Trabuco Hills. He's a six five uh, guy. Yeah, big really. white kid. Yeah, he made a couple. He go up and get the ball a little bit. Yeah, Oregon commit. So uh, he's kind of. Oh, the, is he going to Oregon? Yep, under, one of those under the radar guys you didn't hear a lot about. I don't think USC was really on him, but I watched him like that same thing. Like, whoa, who is that guy? I didn't even know who he was. Yeah. Like, oh, he's going to Oregon. Wow. Yeah, I'll tell you what. The other, I don't know. This is this is. I don't know. I'm almost embarrassed to say it, but I've watched uh, way too much high school football on TV <laughs> over the last couple of weeks. But I watched a, uh, uh, you know, Rosen against uh, Centennial the other day. I watched a little bit of that game. The receiver from Centennial is a good player. I don't know what grade he's in. The but, junior, uh, yeah, he's a junior. That uh, I think he has an SC offer. Yeah, I forget. I might go see okay. him this weekend. Actually, yeah. Yeah, he was uh, he was impressive, and I saw Rosen play on TV last year and was very impressed. Uh, man, that was not it was not a good game for him the other day. But uh, uh, we'll see. It'll be interesting to, to to follow him. It looks like Hunley's going to leave early, so I guess he'll have a chance to compete. Yeah. Uh, okay. A couple of questions for you. I want to let you go here uh, about the life. Wants to know. I know you're going to be talking about underclassmen, upperclassmen, but what's your take on Adore Jackson, Sua Cravens, and Juju Smith's potential yeah. in the draft? Specifically, Juju is, I think, Adore and Sue are pretty obvious first rounders at cornerback and linebacker safety, respectively. Yeah, well, I mean, the last time I came on here, you know, I, we talked about uh, my what my advice would be to any high school kids out there that are playing wide receiver and corner would be just play defense, play corner, because <laughs> every year in the draft room we're trying to trim our list of receivers because they're a mile long, and we're trying to create corners out of thin air because we can't find any of them. So I was glad to see that Dory Jackson play corner, and he he just got better and better every single game. He's he's undersized guy, but he plays big. He can go up and play the ball. Um, you saw him in the, in the return game, what he can do. I mean, he's going to be a really, really good player. He's got a chance. In my opinion, I think he's got a chance to be kind of like a, a Jason Verrett type guy. Um, so he's been impressive. Sue Cravens is somebody that I've saw when he was in high school because I'm in Murrieta and went and saw him play uh, live. And I think that the move to linebacker, while it left a gaping hole at safety for SC, um, I think it was the right move. I think at the NFL level, I think he's a 4-3 will linebacker. Um, I think he's really, really good underneath playing in space. He's instinctive. He can blitz. 
um, I, I think that's I think that's the right spot for him uh, over playing safety. And then Juju Smith to me kind of reminds me of a little bit faster Allen Robinson from Penn State. He's just a just a big physical guy that can break tackles um, and he's got really good ball skills going up and getting it. And, uh, and he's got a little more juice, I think. He plays with more juice than Allen Robinson did. So he's, man, for a freshman, is pretty impressive. Yeah, he has been. I kept saying he should go back to safety, but then he keeps making more and more plays. So I'm like, oh, I guess I'll stay at receiver, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, the other one is uh, George Farmer. There was a George Farmer sighting. Yeah, That came out of nowhere at the end of the year. So uh, we'd be anxious to see, uh, you know, whatever Aguilar does next year, there'll still be no shortage of receivers there. And that little – a uh, little slot that they have Mitchell. Um, he's he's got a chance to be a good college player too. So we'll see what happens with him. Yeah, Farmer could have left early too. He said he's going to come back at least. So, uh, but yeah, they... he needs more production. He's just got to have more. You know, you talk about uh, you know what what you have on your resume. His resume is not not big enough yet. I mean, he, I know everybody knows he was a big time recruit, but he just hasn't done enough on the college field to to help himself go to the next level. If he can have a good year next year, then yeah, he could he could really help himself and move up. The uh, nine uh, nine fight on ninety three wants to know not a junior, but I would be interested to know what you think it is. Uh, it would take to get Josh Shaw up to the first couple of rounds of the draft. Is it a good bowl game? Good showing at the combine? Would that be enough? Uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen with him in the Senior Bowl. Um, you know, I worked with Phil Savage for for a long time, so I know he runs the Senior Bowl. I know that's a tough decision for him because um, you know that, that just a, was a weird weird deal. Obviously, didn't get to play much this year. Um, for for obvious reasons, but uh, you know, hopefully he'll get into if he doesn't get into the Senior Bowl, get into the East West game and get a chance to help himself there. His biggest thing is just going through the interview process with the at the combine. Uh, that could help him. I mean, from what I've studied him last year, and obviously didn't play much this year. You know, I kind of thought he was that you know third fourth round type guy. So that's kind of where I had him. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a big dude though for a quarter. Like he looks he's more big. He looks though. like a safety. So I don't know if that helps him in the the combine. Something to make him stand out a little bit with some of the yeah, other Yeah, we'll see how we'll see how well he moves. You know, that that to me, I thought he was a little bit tight. So we'll see how he does in the change of direction stuff. And then one last one. There's there are a couple seniors that you know we're starting like Gerald Bowman or Hayes Pillard at linebacker, um, J.R. Tavai, uh, rush end there, or uh, even you know, Randall Telfer at tight end. Any any of those you know four guys you think have a, a decent shot of going? I- I'll tell you what, I really like J.R. Tavai. I just think he's got a chance to be um, – look, the Ravens have uh, – they took out of Alabama um, – oh, gosh, what is his name? A couple years ago, he starts for him. They took him in the, uh, in the first round, starts outside linebacker for him, plays on rundowns, um, just a real, real physical player. I think J.R. Tavai has got a chance to kind of be a nice 3-4 uh, OB role player. He's got really heavy hands. He's got strong hands. Um, I think he's a good player. I think he's going to be somebody that's going to be like that fifth round, uh, maybe sixth round type player that could end up being a, a real bargain for somebody. Um, so of that group, he's the one that I like. And then Telfer, look, it's hard to find blocking tight ends. He's a really good blocker. Um, so, you know, I, I think you're talking about a late round, a late round type guy. Um, and then, uh, gosh, the other one's in there. I mean, Bolt, you know, the safety's got a, he's a, you know, probably a free agent, but you got a chance to make a team on special teams. Um, so the, of that group, who was the other one? You had one oh, Hayes Pollard. Oh, yeah, Hayes Pollard. You know, Hayes Pollard, he's not ultra-athletic. He's not real big, but he's real instinctive. He's real tough. You know, I think he's going to struggle on passing downs. He got matched up some games. I mean, I'm not talking about the Hail Mary. Forget that. But the, <laughs> there's some games he got matched up underneath coverage, and um, he's, he's a little bit tight, and he struggled with that. 
Um, I think he's probably somebody that's going to be in those those middle rounds. I think he's got a chance to be a you know fourth round pick potentially. Courtney Upshaw, by the way, was the name of the linebacker. Oh, okay, cool. Of, from uh, the, that, I would compare Jared Tavai. Jared Tavai kind of a poor man's Courtney Upshaw. Nice. Um, but but a lot of people love Pollard. I mean, I know everybody goes through there. They everybody at SC raves about him as a leader, as a worker, just a great kid and and tough as can be. I just think athletically a little bit limited. That probably would keep him out of the first few rounds. Gotcha. Well, great stuff. He's the great Daniel Jeremiah. We really appreciate you coming on the show. So much insight there and so much knowledge about USC football, even freaking USC football recruiting, dude. I mean, where, where are you going to get this? So that's awesome stuff, Daniel. We, we really appreciate it. All right, man. Let's just get to signing day. I mean, are all these kids going to wait? Uh, are they going to be able to hold their water and, and wait till these all-star games, or are there going to be some commitments here before them? I kind of think the the next big, the next big wave for sure will be during the uh, all-star games. There might be a decommitment or something before that. I don't think a whole lot uh, before then, we might see like an Osa Messina or someone pop on there. We'll see, but yeah. it, it should I watched be his highlight tape. By the way, he's a good player. The kid that's interesting of all the I, I watched, I went and looked at the commit list a few days ago and watched uh, all those little clips. Uh-huh. I'll tell you what, the most intriguing guy of all those uh, guys, like their targets, I guess you had it sorted by, was the other guy from Utah who was freaking huge dude. He was playing quarterback or playing linebacker. That dude was interesting. Porter Augustine, yeah, he was actually yes, that guy. He made the top ten. So when they do the spark rating, you know, it's kind of like the athletic stuff up at the opening. He was yeah. he was a top in the top ten of the whole group for that. So I think he finished ninth or tenth or something. But just to be able to be that athletic in that kind of group, they mostly the freaks are up there, you know, kind of yeah. running the forties and stuff. But he's I haven't. A, I mean, I, I look. I I don't. I'm ever going to spend any time watching whole high school tapes to give you like a legit evaluation. <laughs> but I can just tell you off of comparing a bunch of uh, minute and a half little highlight tapes, uh, that was the one that, that stood out to me. Awesome. Well, definitely check him out on Twitter at Move the Sticks at Move the Sticks. It's Daniel Jeremiah. You can watch him on the NFL Network. And you like podcasts? You're listening to this one. Check it out on iTunes. Move the Sticks podcast. Great stuff on the NFL. And he has awesome, some really cool guests. You get some repeat guys in there, but it's a lot of fun to listen to those too. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it. Man. Hey, anytime. I always uh, always enjoy uh, chatting with you. And uh, I'll see you down the road. Maybe going to the Holiday Bowl. You can go to the Holiday Bowl. I'm going to see you there. I will be there. Yeah, I'd be love to run into you down there. It'd be great. I know you were going to try to come to UCLA or Notre Dame, but then you had your little yeah. uh, mishap there. Yeah, no, then I had to go get old and blow my kids like an idiot. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, maybe I'll see you down there at the Holiday Bowl. And if I don't talk to you before, then uh, uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. You too, Daniel, so much. And uh, thanks very much. Hope you recover from the Achilles. Hope you recover from Christian Kirk canceling his visit to USC and everyone else. <laughs> thanks so much for tuning into the Peristyle Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. And don't forget you can automatically download the podcast directly to your iPod or MP3 player for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.